0: Hey guys, welcome back again. So yeah, this episode I really, really enjoyed. And so this was our first interview-based podcast on Mastering You. Me and Sam, we could pretty much talk for hours to be quite honest on on all this stuff, personal development, fitness, health. But in this podcast, we talk um, quite deeply about motivation and the mindset behind motivation. We talk a little bit about relationships and habits and behaviors and I hope you hope you enjoy it and uh, I really love to, to hear your feedback so let's get into the podcast Okay, so uh, welcome back to Mastering You, the Lifestyle Performance Podcast. We're on episode 18, and we've got a big uh, first today. So this is the first interview um, of Mastering You. So I've been really looking forward to getting some interviews on the go on this podcast. It's one of the main reasons why I started it, to be honest, to kind of connect with people that have either worked with people in in achieving some form of self-mastery in their life, or people that have um, uh, achieved a level of, of mastery in whatever their kind of um, passion is, whether it be business, health, fitness, uh, and just have some really interesting conversations where you know, we can learn lessons that we can apply to our own lives. And so today's guest is someone um, who's has been a friend and a business partner to myself for God. How long has it been, Sam? Six years, maybe now, five, yeah. six years. It's a what a long time, I know. Long time, it's been, yeah, I think about six years. Cool, yeah. So, so, yeah, so myself and Sam, um, we met via the topic of mindset, really, and behavior change through a mutual uh, client, um, that we were both working with, and, and it's been, been a really cool journey ever since. Uh, so Sam has been sort of started out his, his journey into health and wellness, very similar to myself in the world of personal training, working in the big box gyms. And he also, similar to my own journeys, been working and coaching people for 10, it's about 10 years now, Sam.
1: Uh, yeah, 10, 11, maybe 10 or 11. Yeah. Long time.
0: Yeah. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> and so... So I'm I'm really interested to I've n- we've never done this before. No, I've never interviewed Sam before. So it's going to be fun. Um, uh, I'm going to delve into what what Sam thinks about coaching, what his experiences have been, what lessons we can derive from Sam's ten years of coaching people and, and working and helping people achieve massive success in their health, and their business, and their life. So. Um, so, firstly, buddy, um, tell us tell us what got you into sort of fitness coaching and, and training in the first place. Um, so, I think, in a nutshell, it was after I
1: after I finished university and I obviously studied sport sport science and I had a real interest in keeping fit. And it, it, the first point of view was that it was just that I enjoyed keeping fit, and I thought do you know what, I don't really fancy working in an office and it. I'm going to go and start personal training. And it, it pretty much, there's no real glamour behind the introduction. And do you know what, for the first maybe six months, I was always a little bit unsure if I'd made the right decision. I thought, do I actually prefer just training myself than other people? And then it just quickly snowballed into a passion. But the passion definitely came more once I started to look at fitness as a bigger... Aspect than just the actual physical. So when I start to look into things like uh, behavior change, mental performance, nutrition, all of that good stuff, rather than just um, being on the gym floor and teach someone how to squat, which is obviously incredibly, incredibly valuable and awesome, but just wasn't my path to. I always wanted to look to um, come at it from a different angle, I suppose. And yeah, from there it just sort of quickly gathered momentum into setting up um, kind of my own businesses. And then I suppose as that has continued, it's like everything. I, I like to learn something and then it kind of almost is a ladder into the next bit. And it's, I think it can all be encompassed about the enjoyment of learning, learning new tools, learning new skills, whether that's whatever it comes from, from fitness, but then obviously learn how to build a business and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it just, for me, it's all about, that word contamination is what I like to think of it. Fitness contaminates. Into Can't
0: use that word at the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, in, a, in a very positive way, but contamination is what, it, fitness contaminates into every other aspect of your yeah. life. When you start to do it well, you notice that I truly believe that fitness can be a catalyst for everything else to improve. And I know some people might listen and think, oh, it's all right to say that when you're, you you're like going to the gym and stuff. But, i 've never met anyone who hasn 't started to move more, whether that' just be going for a walk and they don 't start to feel better
0: yeah that 's really interesting that you say that so that was that was a big turning point for me like, um, in in the last podcast episode, I, I shared sort of my, my backstory and, um, and sort of the, the the defining sort of moment when my sort of career changed after having cancer. And because it had been 10 years since last Sunday, um, since diagnosis, so it's quite a big day for me. But um, I remember having this complete thought process around, yes, it's great to be fit. Yes, it's great to be strong. But what is the purpose? Uh, That was sort of became my my new tagline was was achieving what I called a purposeful transformation. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're just transforming, what what does that mean? Like, does that mean transforming your career, transforming your body? But even that, what's the point? (laughs) Like, you're just going to try and lose weight and transform your body just to look good? Is that really, how is that purposeful? And so, yeah, so that's we sort of have had very similar ideas of of how to utilize sort of fitness.
1: I couldn't yeah i couldn't agree more its it's that it's that whole utilage that you hear a lot of coaches say is you find your why you find your way or like if you find your purpose, everything becomes a little easier and obviously yes one hundred percent that's true 100 percent that's true, but you've got to look at it from this this whole encompassing package and as you've said there and if, you, if, you, if you're doing something for no reason, that will only last for an infinite amount of time. It's like motivation will only last so long. And if you don't have a purpose behind why you're doing it, that motivation will run out very quickly.
0: So, so, so that, I want to talk to you about motivation because that's potentially one of the, the things that comes up the most, probably for you as well, with, with clients that we work with when they're struggling and particularly at the moment with COVID-19 and all the the stresses and uh and what people are having to to cope with is what how should we think about motivation what what are the biggest myths and on motivation and um, how can we how can we get more motivation um
1: one of my favorite lines at the minute about motivation is um I saw another friend, another friend in the fitness industry posted it a while ago and it just stuck with me. And I hope I'm answering your question. Just stop me if I go off on too much of a tangent. And he put, he just said, don't trust motivation. It's fleeting. And I I couldn't agree more with that. And I think what most people have, where, where the problem begins with motivation is that most people think they should wake up every day and feel motivated. Whereas I, I think that is absolute garbage. It's just not true. Um, when you feel motivated, they're the days when the workouts are easy, when getting up and doing whatever you don't want to do is easy. What is way, 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 way more important than motivation is determination, courage, durability, <clears throat> things that I, I kind of share quite a lot. Um, I was able to get where I, and I'm, still, I'm not there, I, oh, I think that purpose, it's all about having a, a longer goal, but I was able to get to where I am now and, and feel fit and kind of achieve goals, not because I was motivated, because I carried on in spite of motivation. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the day, so I got to a so certain... You're not
0: relying goal. on motivation. Is exactly. It? Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. So I, I got to certain goals. Um, let's say... The the one time in my life I got to 10% body fat, um, I got there not because I was motivated to do it. I got there because on the 80% of the time where I woke up in the morning, I really didn't feel like training. I still did it. Or the times where I was really motivated to eat perfectly healthy, they're easy. But those few times where all I wanted to do was have <laughs> a chocolate bar or a piece of cake, despite the fact I was more motivated to eat it, I, I used the courage of durability to not do it. So I think that would be my main takeaway, is way more powerful than motivation, is harnessing a a good structure, or rhythm, or routine, or positive daily habits that you can carry out automatically, even on the days where, or to, where you're not feeling motivated.
0: So if someone's listening to this, and they're like, okay, I get what you're saying. So even when I don't feel motivated, you know, I, I just need to go, go and do the thing, whatever the thing is. Yeah. But they're thinking, but, but that still requires motivation to still do the thing. What's yeah. the, how do they find that? How do they, how do they find the will to still do it? Even when motivation is low. So how
1: the thing that I think really turned a corner for me, in terms of being able to stick to something even when I didn't want to, is I had to build up evidence in my own back catalogue of my mind that I could do things when I didn't want to do them. Because I could say, I speak, to, I speak to more people who ask me the question you've just asked me than who say, yeah, well, even when I don't do it, I just do it. And they will say, well, how have you done it? And like I say, most people say, well, it's easy for you because you just do it. And I was like, no, every single day I wake up and I start my day doing the one thing that I know I don't want to do. And that's taking a cold shower. Like there's still not I've now consistently probably hit a cold shower every single morning for the last, let's say, three years around there. There is not one day I can genuinely tell you right now. There's not one day that I've ever woke up and thought, oh, God, "I can't wait to get in that cold shower." But every single day, whatever whatever happens, maybe on the few, maybe on two occasions in that time I've, I've missed it. But I wake up and I have a little mantra. I have little things that I say to myself. It's like, and I get in. I get in. And every single day, every single morning, that's a little bit of evidence built up that I can kind of put on my on my shoulder, on my wind, on my win column. That even when stuff gets really hard, I can show up and do it. So my advice to someone is start super small and start to build that evidence that you can. Because as you know, when we've been working with people from a coaching perspective, most people seek us out for coaching because they're struggling to do something. They can't. They're struggling to overcome a challenge. So obviously after talking to them and understanding their... what what their history is telling them and and everything. As long as um, the ecology is there to move forward, I would always try and start with a little promise to themselves every day that they know that they can start to do. And from there, it's about gaining that momentum. It's like that little tiny snowball that you roll down the hill and by the time it reaches the bottom, it's huge. Um, And I still do that. Every single day, I do a little something that I don't want to do. So now, when I get that thought in my head that I really don't want to do that, I know I've got the ability, I've got the evidence, I've got the understanding that I can. And it all started from a very small thing. And I know probably people are listening saying, oh, well, that still requires me to do something I don't want. But as you know, that there isn't a quick fix. You have to build resilience. And resilience is a muscle. It's something like anything else. You, you can build it, you can grow it. You have to harness your mindset to be able to impact that. So... The smaller you start and to build up, it's it's no it's no um, myth. I'm not saying anything that's like radical and new. It's like someone says, "How do I get fit? Just start. Mm. Just start by walking two minutes a day, and then it goes to two and a half minutes, three and a half minutes. Do something and commit to it, and then from there, you you see your body and your brain f- like you can." You, this, we've done it with so many people it, it changes you start to become a more resilient individual and you know the the beauty of this whole thing is once you start to do it more you feel better and you actually want to go and do those things that require it so you need less motivation anyway
0: that that was the point I was going to come to is do you think to some extent that <clears throat> those times when you are low on motivation and you know you've got to do it and but you don't really, you still don't want to, you know, what, what can get you over the line is having already experienced the positive outcome. Yeah. You know, so a cold shower like you have is a good example, right? So if you have a cold shower, you know, yeah, it's really like not all that enjoyable during a bit like some exercise sessions as well, yeah. but you, you have that dopamine hit, you have that particularly after a cold shower that sort of, clarity of mind, exhilaration, and it's that. But, but to get, to, to have that, you need to have experienced it in the first place. And like, if you haven't had a cold shower ever, then you wouldn't have experienced that. Um, if you haven't ever, if you haven't, even maybe you have, or a bit like exercise, maybe you remember that time when you had that really strong great session and you felt amazing but it was so long ago you can't quite remember how well you felt so yeah it is going to be harder until you feel that way again absolutely that definitely gets me over the line with with training like sometimes I'm like I just I know you 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 don't find it hard to train do you like do you have days
1: uh on on the whole I, I love it it's my
0: favorite bit yeah my favorite. What well, is one, I, I enjoy one it you've got you've got a baby on the way so you might change your mind in six months <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um because it because it is a, a time thing and, and time's something I, I, I'm just kind of scarce in my yeah. life sometimes I um I, I sort of struggle but I but one thing that does help me get over the line is is this is gonna this is actually gonna give me time because it it pays you back in time through the amount of energy that you have through through the training, you know, absolutely. absolutely, and
1: and to and to kind of go back on, kind of jump back a little bit. Um, I think I'm going to say it right. Is it, I think it's James Clear, like called Habits, the book mm. the book that I've read and listened to, which is great. And I didn't realize in my life I've always done this. What he's something calls habit stacking, um, something I've always done, but I didn't realize until he kind of wrote it out and coined his phrase that's something I feel can have a massive positive impact on motivation as well. So if I actually think back, I have a real intrinsic motivation, uh, intrinsic routine to get me motivated, to fired up, to train and for anything that I want to do. So take, take lockdown, for example. Um, I've been pretty on point. I I never, I've I've been very lucky. I never, I never had to stop working uh, because I could adapt. Same as sort of, um, you've done and then we've been able to use that and create and keep to a fairly consistent routine so wake up i come down i'll do a little bit of breathing or meditation cold shower as i as i go into the cold shower i stick the kettle on to boil get myself um coffee black coffee or whatever that might be but that once i've woke up so it's a natural sort of caffeine hit so i'm already ready like going right let's and then, if it was something I, I realised I did quite a long time ago, I'll find something to watch or listen to that switches me on, that gets me going. Like um, at the minute, I've really enjoyed because we've like set up a little gym area in our house, um, and have on the big screen in the morning. I watch reruns of old UFC fights because I, I love mixed martial arts and like I appreciate the craft of. To me, they're the fittest people. Going anything, what they're what their demands they do. Uh, that just think like that fires me up. It's like, what well, if they can do it and it pushes me that a little bit harder. So there is also what we're talking about. There's also, I would recommend people start to find things that really get them fired up and going because mm. like, um, well, you only have to type in motivation to YouTube and millions of videos come up of like the rock or whoever, yeah. got someone talking over saying you only get this one life and there's the big soundtracks and everything, but they work. They work yeah. like, Um, I put one on the other day and um, me and Katie kind of woke up a bit tired and just stuck one on and within 10 minutes we were both like, all right, let's go. And so use... Changing
0: your state of mind.
1: Changing your state of mind and I suppose it comes back to one of our old favourites is self-awareness. Be self-aware of yourself and know the things that get you, change your behaviour, change your state that get you there. So for someone listening to this, it might be like, well... A video won't do anything. But then I have to be careful as well because I've got an anchor to it. So if I start watching, sometimes if I watch like, if I've chilled out and it's like nine, 10 o'clock and I stick on a video of like old fights, it revs me up. I'm I'm meaning to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm meaning to go to bed. So again, it's kind of that same thing. Rituals and routines. And as we've always said, one of our favorite things is the more structure you can have, a good structure you we're not saying you have to be rigid in your own life but actually if you have a really good structure that creates loads of freedom anyway if you've got yeah. good habits and a good structure you can have, have a load of freedom so so just as like I've said I have like a bit of a unknown routine of when I get up um I have similar ones when I go to bed and I, I fully appreciate it. there's going to be people listening now who um got children families work to go to but uh even when obviously I've I've got the first one on the way so I can give you a bit more insight to that in six months. I might be tired and say, Oh, it's all gone rubbish, I don't do anything anymore. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll do I've, this again I've, in six
0: months' time and yeah, find
1: out. <laughs> I have a proper dad bod, but I'm pretty confident I will keep I will keep that because I think it's important. Um but at the same time before lockdown I was I was always clocking on to work very early. I would always be at the gym at six, six thirty and have a routine But I, as we've spoke about many times, I would sacrifice other things. So for me, that hour of training in the gym, as you said, it gave me time back. So I would sacrifice an hour of watching TV at night and go to bed at 10 so I knew I could get up at 5 and get in the gym. So that it's not always going to be comfortable as well, but you're going to have to make changes. if If you're not living a life that you love currently, you're probably going to have to start to make some uncomfortable changes to start with, to get to where you need to be.
0: Mm. Um, I like that. I, I, um, I've been using a, a new app recently and, um, it, it basically it's almost, it has a bit of coaching within it. So ask you, ask you different questions. Uh, I think it's called productivity wizard. And one of the questions that it, it hit me was, um, so it takes you through a goal setting process. So you have to say what well, you know. What do I want to achieve in my career? What do I achieve in my health? <clears throat> um, and it set makes you set like long-term, short-term goals, and then it gets you to specify what the habits and behaviors are required to achieve that goal. And then and then the kicker is um, what are you willing to sacrifice in doing this, um, in, in achieving this goal? And um, and I was like, wow, that's, that's n- it's a question that I have used before, but it's not a question I think I've used enough. And it's mm-hmm. certainly when I don't know about you, but when you're working with or, or seeing people, hearing people talk about their goals, their weight loss goals, that they focus on the outcome. Yeah. And in comparison to what the sacrifice or what the things that, are, like you said, like you, you're very aware that if I'm saying yes to this, then by default, I'm having to say no to all of these other things. And, and you've got to be clear of that from the start. And, and would you agree that like when a lot of people are starting a weight loss journey or you know, they're, they're setting goals for their, their business or their career, you know, that they want this, but they're, they're not, they've not had the, maybe the self-awareness or, or not told the truth enough to realize that by saying yes to this, you are going to have to sacrifice xyz other things so if you if you're saying like you mentioned like a 10% body fat earlier so i'm pretty sure that you you like when you decided to embark on that goal you were saying well it's going to be no to nights out at the weekend or no to drinking or no to any takeaways for a while you know until yeah. and so making that kind of preempting the challenge so you or the, sorry preempting the obstacle um, yeah, like
1: a bit like we've said at the gyms, we always rather than a to do list, it's just as much you have to do a to don't list and not a to don't list in a negative way. Because that's what I think a lot of people think well, if I'd make this, I'm never going to be able to have that takeaway again or this. But there's sacrifices and adaptions. I always think of that rather than giving something up, it's adapting. So for me, um, just on that point, like once it gets to 10 o'clock at night, I've had this conversation with many friends. I'm probably not gonna be doing a lot apart from sitting and watching TV. And that It I, I d do, doesn't really give me that much back. Don't get me wrong. On a Friday night after a long week of work, like I love nothing more than chilling out with the film. Like, but if that's every night, I just I become bored. So once it gets to ten, I know that there's not really much else gonna go happen for me today. So I may as well go to sleep and I find those hours in the morning, so much more um, positive and so much more to do because it's the exciting time. So it's, it's looking at, um, yeah, that would always be my trade-off for me. Um, to have more hours in the morning, you have to get to bed early at night, It's exactly what you're saying. If, and then, yeah, to get down to 10% body fat, um, you've gotta be pretty strict on a lot of things, there's a lot of things to say no to, and I would never want to live that life forever. But it was nice to have a challenge to get to, um, and it well, it's a bit like the saying we used to say all the time: the strategic byproduct. There's a, there's normally a strategic byproduct in everything. So for me, getting down to ten percent body fat, I didn't particularly like the journey, but I realised to get whilst I was on the way getting there, I didn't want to stay there. But there was a lot of things that I had to do. lot of new habits tips tricks new things that I I put into my sort of daily life that was a massive benefit that I could keep even though I wasn't going to stay at the result so things like I think that was when I started doing the cold shower um, and that gave me so the cold shower people think why do you do it though and a lot of people if you listen to Wim which I'm sure you've mentioned and most people listen to this have probably heard of that, there's huge amounts of benefits for the immune system, um, with the breathing, with uh, the circulatory system, all of that, whereas that's what I actually started. But the biggest strategic byproduct was what I've already mentioned. Every single day, going and doing something that I really don't want to do Mm. builds up huge amounts of confidence in my own ability to get stuff done.
0: So what are some some other examples people could, could try out that, you know, that, that get them on that path. Obviously, a cold shower is a good one to start with.
1: Might be a bit um, extreme. A lot of people might be listening to think that's the most extreme thing you can do. Loads of people I mention it to, because, say, that would be my last choice of anything. Um,
0: depends well, how good. cold it is, though, right?
1: Yeah. And, it's, and again, I didn't start, like, now, I probably do two to three minutes every morning. Whereas when I first started, it was 10 seconds. It was in out ten seconds, and, and it would go hot, cold, hot, cold. Um, so it's like anything you build it up, and those that becomes a bit like this whole thing everyone's been saying with the whole pandemic. This is going to be our new normal for a while, and it does. It's, it's been crazy how how normal it it feels now to
0: <laughs> people. People have adapted, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's what humans are great at: at adaptation. So my my I suppose my thing would without giving any specific examples, it'd be using that self awareness that you have and think what can I start to build up that is going to depend on where you're at. If you're right at the beginning of your fitness journey and you've you've not done anything, go super small, commit to at least two minutes of a walk every day. And those first few days, you're not going to want to do it. You're 100%. You're not going to want to do it, but, but go and do it and then build from there.
0: Yeah, that. No, know that not wanting to do it is part of the part of the strategy, mm. part of the process. It's part of the process. Is knowing. Yeah. There's there's no there's not been any sports star in history that hasn't had loads of times. If not, I remember reading Andre Agassi's book. Have you read his autobiography?
1: I haven't actually. No.
0: So it's really interesting that he. Talks about hating tennis.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think you've spoken about it before.
0: Hate it. I, I found that and a lot of people that read it were like, how can you be the best tennis player in the world and when he was at his peak and hate it and, you know, and, and still go out to do all the hours mm. of practice that he... And, and you've got, got to read the book to find out. But essentially, he um, you know, he'd defined himself as the tennis star and, and it was kind of all, his, all he knew... Um, but ultimately I suppose to look at his example, he, he'd, um, attached a really positive outcome to, yeah. to, to it. And that was one of the things I was going to say on that without getting too far off motivation. Cause I still think people would still be listening and think, yeah, but it still sounds too hard. Like enjoyment is one of the keys to enjoyment and, and love of something is, is one of the keys to transformation, isn't it? Both yeah. of uh, both of us have been mentored by Dax, Dax Moore. I think one of his, his sort of magic um, ingredients to transformation is, is in enjoyment.
1: Yeah, and you don't, what the other thing he says is you don't get a body doing the things, you don't get a body you love doing the things you love. And I think that, so we've obviously just, we've come at it from quite a hard edge today in what we spoke about, but in many other ways, you would offer a, a much softer, Way in, and you would talk to someone. You would always, if we were, if we were coaching each other now, we wouldn't have gone straight into this. You would have always coached someone, found out their past there, if it was, um, found out where they're at, and and offered subtle methods first. And I completely agree with you there. You've got to find something you enjoy, um, and it's always about yeah finding that thing. And I've never worked with anyone, never found anyone who hasn't been able to find something they enjoy of getting physical to start with even if even if we've had to even if i've had to physically go with them the first time <laughs> to do something and they hated every minute of it but as soon as it was done that was what they enjoyed and that's what we worked in that's what we started to harness and build from that but
0: what what I, what i was what i've been thinking about while you've been talking is going back to experiences how important they are because once you've once you've attached the outcome and the experience of the outcome being really positive and really enjoying the outcome so if you just had a big workout or if you just had a cold shower and you're experiencing feeling amazing and like loads of clarity in mind just feeling energized like how can you not love that that's all (laughs) that's awesome right that that kind of is enjoyment isn't it yeah you know whenever I think if you ask most people when they've overcome their biggest challenges in life or they've they've got a jump, they've got a promotion at work, or they've had a child or they've, whatever it is, they, you know, they've, 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 often it's because they've come from a bad place or they've struggled. And, and that's, that's a good thing to remember if you're struggling with motivation and you, you listen to someone like myself or you say, well, you know, even when you're not feeling motivated, you just go and do it. But if you can attach more enjoyment to the end outcome, and you can, uh, and obviously one of the things that we've talked a lot about with our clients is, you know, uh, the importance of emotions, because we, we tend to act far stronger, don't we, when, we're, when we atta- attach strong emotions, whether it yeah. be painful ones or enjoyment ones. And so I think anyone listening to this that, you know, feels like it's still too hard to, to go and exercise or go and prepare the foods that are healthy. Maybe the missing ingredient is they haven't attached enough emotion and enough enjoyment to, to the process, whether, whether it's kind of making the food that they eat healthier, tastier, or do you agree with that? Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, with a, a combination of more enjoyment and a bigger why, really a bit like we've said, like the onion, peel it down. Don't just go one layer deep. I want to get fit because I want to look good in bikini okay that might that level of why might last for a couple of weeks if you go the next level down might last for a month i want to look in a bikini why because it me feel better about myself okay that's the next level and then if you peel it all the way down because i want to be able to play with my grandkids that's a pretty huge why and that's where you then that's the thing you use you plaster that up everywhere you look at that every single morning as you wake up along with doing things you enjoy that's going to that's going to start to get those pleasure endorphins running pretty high
0: that's that's a good point what on, on the why because I think most people listen to this like obviously you know this is a sort of personal development personal growth podcast so anyone listening to this is probably going to be interested in that they've probably heard the whole you know you, you've not got a strong enough why before so my question then to you is why is it that people struggle even when they've worked on their why they've worked on their goals why do they still self-sabotage and, and the, why do they show up with their behaviours that don't comply with the, the bigger why?
1: So from a, a real simple perspective, from what we studied, what first brought us to um, kind of work with each other, I suppose, was the brain science thing. So I know what I should be doing, but I don't seem to be doing it. Mm. And that's because... You can get that why and believe me, like, just take a pause there to say the, the why is still going to massively help. And some people won't because it will all fit into place. They won't need to do this little bit of extra work. It'll all fit into place. But if you have found your why and it's still not, it's probably because you're quite literally in the wrong brain set or you're, you're getting kicked out and you're in too much, you're too emotional and you've got too much fear around it. So you're lacking the clarity of actually how to do it or what to do. Um, and obviously I think uh, we can talk about this for hours and hours and hours and hours. As we, we have, but I suppose to put it in a nutshell, if you found your why and it's still not working. You really need to start looking for the clarity, get clarity about what it is you want and start to realize if there's something else that is there, that is taking you away from the why. So for example, um, um I've done my why. I want to stop. I want to lose weight. I really want to lose weight. Um, So to do that, I know I need to stop eating ice cream. But then every single Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night, I'm finding myself eating ice cream. I could almost guarantee there was a, a conflict in your clarity between what is actually going on from a a brain science perspective and what you think you want. You're, there's something that is going on where your brain is perceiving that you are not safe and you've, <laughs> you've kind of um, created these patterns where safety equals ice cream. And I know that we need more context to that because that just sounds a little bit bizarre. But... Yeah, no,
0: but we, we as humans, we, we crave comfort. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, uh, sort of natural default is always survival and comfort first, isn't it?
1: yeah so you're always going to go to that and it's almost being able to understand that moment in the way so for example a really a nice example hopefully that this can it makes people listening be able to understand what i've just said in a much easier way because it's a practical example you you've done the work you realize that you've done you found your why you want to lose three stone um you've been doing great you've had three days it's gone perfectly you're not um you've cut the ice cream you've dropped a little bit of weight Thursday night rolls around um you've had an awful day at work you could feel these things starting to bubble up then you come in you have an argument with your spouse you found out that um your daughter's had her first attention as facing getting expelled like putting all the and you naturally find your way into a tub of ice cream. And then the work in your head, you are saying, I've done it again. I can't do this. It's too hard. And you feel like you're self-sabotaging again. That is all rubbish. What's actually happened is your brain has reacted. You've had lots of threats come in. Your brain has reacted. And as a case, and as a result, you've gone into what we call reactionary behavior you've kind of um hit bang. so bang has happened your brain is just gone you can't even keep clear you can't even see the reasoning anymore you've gone too far gone you've hit bang and you're you've eaten three cakes and a tub of ice cream so what we need to be doing is actually understanding and knowing what our triggers are what's what's going to take us to feel unsafe where do we feel that our brain is coming off and reprogram that instead of Perceiving comfort in food, cakes, cookies, ice cream—it's changing that pattern with what is going to work best for you, and that's where we would come in um, as coaches and help you obviously understand what's going to work better.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. So, um, just being a little bit mindful of your time. One, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, uh, a big topic for many people is the subject of relationships and not just relationships from you know person to person obviously that that is a big big one you know relationships with food your relationships with I suppose and also I suppose that relationships all also kind of like delves back into what we're talking about with enjoyment because when you've got a good relationship with food for instance you enjoy it better don't you you know and, and if you enjoy it better then it becomes more it becomes easier you don't have to It doesn't take any willpower to eat a really tasty dish. (laughs) So if you can, if you have a really good relationship with food because you've done the work to to start to you know experiment with different recipes that you finally find that are really nice and tasty, yeah, then great. And then the same goes with exercise. If if you have found an exercise routine that just kind of clicks with you, and and it doesn't feel like a drag, and and you you've built it up slowly and you enjoy how you feel after, but also, uh, yeah, just, just on relationships with, let's say you're a person that, you know, you've watched this and you're, or you've listened to this podcast and you're like, I really want to start to make some positive changes, but my partner kind of isn't really on board or they're not, they, they, they always like, I hear this quite a lot, unfortunately, is, is I want to do this, but my partner isn't very supportive.
1: Okay so i suppose in a, in a nutshell i think this would almost be in its own podcast we you could talk <laughs> yeah. about on, on i this will
0: be the next the next long version
1: but the the real short answer that if anyone asked me what do i need to improve upon in a relationship whether you've just said there whether it's relationship with yourself relationship with your food relationship with a a spouse a partner my first port of call my first one will always be communication. <laughs> Got a package at our door. Um, Good timing. Yeah, give me one second. I shall be
0: back. It's all right. It's all right. Oh, thank you. The benefits of live, live podcasts.
1: I think that's a you and dream sheep for the new, <laughs> new arrival um so yeah um the number one thing whether whoever it's crossed would always be communication that has to be key communication is always going to be key on on anything like whatever you're doing whether it's like I say you're just it's just between you and your spouse or communicating with yourself if you're not communicating you don't have the self-awareness you're not going to understand so that question you asked there is what you get a lot is I want to do this, but my partner doesn't. Again, it's very hard to say without the specific person in front of you. I'd normally ask questions and find out. But my guess would be the fact that they probably haven't spoke about it in great depth and really communicated how important that this transformation that they want to embark upon is to them. That would I would not, that would be my first port of call. I might be completely wrong because as as I say, I've I look at this, I study this, I work with people, but I'm, I, we're always learning, aren't we? So I'm no expert. It's not like, oh, you, that must be the right answer because it certainly must not be. But that would always be my first port of call. It would be looking at the communication okay. and having a, being able to have a pretty good hunch that there was a breakdown in communication over the thing that is causing this rift. So for example, you hear the one I hear a lot is um, someone's starting to lose weight and they're doing great. And they've got these old. They've got friends who say, "Oh, why are you doing that? You look great as you are. You're doing this," and they try and almost like, say, "Oh, come on, come and have a tea and a cake with us. Come and do this." And it's because they don't true. There's never been that communication. They don't understand how actual, how important it is to them that they make this change. They do the transformation, and it's the same with whoever you talk to, whether it's your friends, your partner, your um, children. Like you have to communicate and be on the same page and rather than having these kind of undefined expectations of each other you have set agreements that mm. and even if it, so if you could fully communicate but you've had a full communication with your um with your your partner and you've said it all out and oh, i i feel like he doesn't want me to do this but i do once you've had that that full communication you've chatted and you find out, most people will say, oh, I didn't realise I was acting that way that made you think that I wasn't being supportive. But at the very, and then it's like, all fine, and we move forward. But even at the very least, even at the minimum, even if you've communicated and they turn around and say, yeah, you know what, I, I does, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable that you are trying to do this because I feel like if you're trying to improve, you're not, you're not happy with what we've got or whatever. And at the very minimum... You can have it out, and then come up with rather than these expectations you place upon each other, you can come up with agreed, um, defined agreements that you set between each other. Mm. That, are like, right, we will, I will support you. I'm gonna really try. I'm gonna stick to only having takeaway three nights a week, so you're not feeling jealous. of what I mean, and do you, do you know what I mean? And it, it, all comes with that that first word of communication. And from there, you build your own process.
0: Yeah, I think I think from my experience, and I think we've had this conversation before, is it's probably one of the, the biggest uh, mistakes, I don't know if the word mistakes is the right one to make, but downfalls in relationships is, is people having high expectations. And it's not just in relationships, it's in all aspects of life, isn't it? At work and people putting expe- expectations on each other
1: Absolutely. without
0: having clear um, agreements from the start. You know, yeah. and and if the 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 more often you have, and the bigger the expectation, the the bigger you're going to feel let down in the long term.
1: Yeah, and then obviously from the last bit, I'll say from that um, the phrase that I've heard coined the best, um, which makes so much sense. And there's a there's a great book out there called it called Expectation Hangovers. That's what we get, and a really easy way of looking at that is for all those people who had um when lockdown first happened we had expectations that we would be going to work or one of my friends were having a wedding and for the first few hours days weeks months however long you however well you've kind of you dealt with it you had a huge expectation hangover how was it that everyone when we first went into lockdown was saying it's not fair like and mm. can't get married i can't go to work like <clears throat> And we have to be able to adapt to that. And that's not because anything's bad. No one, no one had, no one saw
0: the pandemic coming. So everyone yeah. had an expectation hangover of some I think, degree. I think lockdowns is a really good example, actually, because w- when, when we had a clear lockdown, um, that was an agreement that the government set with, with, uh, with us, right? So yeah. everyone was just like, hands up. Okay, we're, we're locked down. That's, that's us done. And, and everyone was almost, even though no, no one was really happy about it, it, was we all understood the reasons why. Um, I think, interestingly, when the lockdown was lifted and, uh, and Mr. Johnson was sort of saying, yeah, you know, oh, you go thing. back to work. But it's not even you really been can, lifted, has it? <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> you can, if, you, if you're in this job, then, then you can. And it was almost a little bit, you, you can go to the park, but you can't see more than one so yeah. it was it was almost expectation of of what well, everyone would just do this whereas yeah. obviously when it's black and white and when it's, it's very clear you know of what what we what the agreement is um, yeah, it, agree. I think that example absolutely nailed that whole point
1: it is so true and now you see and the, <laughs> the last little tag on to that is you can't can, ultimately you can't control what everyone else is doing like you can only lead from yourself. You can only take. You can only be an example to yourself. So like even whenever it was, it was what two, three weeks ago. we were, we were given a bit more freedom. Like I, I, still have been sticking to it. I still haven't been going out and mixing. Um, when I've trained with, trained twice with a friend, and we did it fully social distance. We took hand sanitizer gel to put on all the equipment. Um, we never got more than two meters um, together. But there's. But there's so much grey area and I don't think that's not really our fault because they're not they've not been clear with their agreements mm. so you see, I walked I walk around the park earlier and you've got huddles of people now and it's uh obviously yeah and it's just not yeah good. so
0: it's a, it's a really good it's a really good way of hitting home the point of the importance of agreements and mm. over expectations um well, well what we do, do is Sam. I mean really I know I know your sort of um time is a bit limited so We'll, we'll get you back and we'll, we'll dive deeper in, into relationships on a, on a second episode if you're up for it. it. And uh, really, yeah, really appreciate you uh, coming on board for our first interview on the podcast. Have you got anything else that you, you'd like to say? Uh, no,
1: I'll um, look forward to uh, part two. Um, it's been good. Have I uh, hope for everyone listening, it's been informative and it's not just sounded like ramble and um yeah uh i'll speak to you soon
0: yeah no no take care
1: buddy Excellent.
0: so sam's one of our um mindset coaches at lpt so you know get in touch with us if if any of this sort of conversation is um has sort of hit hit a point with you where you feel like you, you know, could really do on working on some of these areas then you can get in contact with us uh, admin at lifestyle-pt.co.uk. You can join us in the master and you group. Um, just get in contact.